Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Hi, welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek. Just laughing at me because this is the third take or so that we've done. I had to say um, geek correctly. I said cake the first time. Which I think shows where my brain is. I like cake. I like cake too. Can I marry one? Uh, sure. How about a movie cake? I want to marry some pie. I also like some pie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This has started out splendidly. (laughs) If you're new to the show, uh, So I Married Movie Geek is a podcast. (laughs) What's wrong with me? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Hi guys, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Sorry we didn't uh, do an episode last week, but um, we kind of took a vacation, and um, and we hope that you missed us and you're still around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, what this podcast is about is us trying not to laugh at each other <laughs> the whole for time, forty minutes to an hour um, about movies, uh, mostly of which Chrissy has never seen before. Yeah, he's the movie geek slash cake, and I am the movie novice slash gringa. And she likes pie. And cake. And cake. Um, but we uh, we are back. Speaking of sweets, can I tell you about a newly discovered one? Okay. It pertains to, uh, we took a trip, as Justin mentioned last week, but we went to Las Vegas. And we went with um, my best friend, Kim. Hi, Kim. And our Australian friend, Nabil, who goes by Nabsy Zabsy. He brought us some vegan Tim Tams. And holy cow, they're really good. Have you ever had one? No. (sighs) There's like five boxes in the pantry. Oh, I didn't even know they were there. Thanks, yeah. thanks for telling me. You were there when he handed it to me. And he was like, here you go. Here's some Australian candy or cookies. And Yeah, and that's the last I saw of them. They're in the pantry. I haven't been hoarding them under the bed. I just assumed you ate them all. Yeah, all five boxes. Okay. What are you trying to say, Justin? Look fat. Hmm. I'll have to try them. Well, actually. What Gracefully you- avoided that one. Actually, let me go get them, and you can talk about... You can list the movies we saw this week. Okay. uh, P.S. They're on the table. Okay. So, we originally saw Swingers. Obviously, I had never seen that, hence the podcast. And then we also saw Indecent Proposal, which I've always wanted to see, but when it came out, I was kind of young, and I thought, "Mm, like, I'm like eight. Maybe I shouldn't watch this. And uh, after we saw those, we got some screeners in. Yay, screeners! Uh, before I go into the screeners, Justin, how good is that? These are delightful. Aren't they? What's in them? Chocolate. And more chocolate. And something biscuity. Those Aussies know how to do it, man. They really do, man. They know what's up. So, um... I, I left I off miss? at screeners. I was explaining our Vegas movies because of our trip to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then we got J. Edgar, Contagion, and did you get the Friday one or did you download it? We watched it. 
Oh, we we watched it. Is that not enough? It's not Freaky Friday. What's that movie? Fright Night. Freaky Fright Night Friday. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure. I was like, why would they send you that as a screener? Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so, we are going to start with uh, the newest movie, the one that you probably care the most about first, and the one nearest and dearest to my heart, because it has Leonardo DiCaprio, granted not looking his best, but what's the point, in J. Edgar. Yes. I had heard this movie was pretty terrible. I had heard the same thing. And I think that they were wrong. I mean, it wasn't the, the greatest movie, but it's better than Gran Torino. Um, Clint Eastwood's other effort. Did you see Gran Torino? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, I guess about the same. It was not terrible, but it wasn't good. It was really? kind of in the middle. Yes. So, but I assume you did see Gran Torino. Yes, I did see Gran Torino. Everybody universally hated that one. Come on. Get off my lawn. I didn't hate it. I just thought it wasn't... It was just not that good. Was this better or worse? Um, kind of had the same problems. Which were? Um. School me, movie geek. Uh, well, let's not talk about Gran Torino. We have so little time and... No, <laughs> no, no. talking about I, cookies I'm asking about, and all this other stuff. I'm asking about what the problems were of, of um, J. Edgar. Uh, the problems with J. Edgar. Um, it was boring. It, it was. Could you please stop snapping. I'm snapping at the dog because she's licking herself. Well, we're professional podcasts. Jesus. <laughs> Justin's eating a cookie biscuit. I'm snapping at the dog. Well, I'm doing it pretty silently while you're being really loud. Wait till you hear it. You'll hear your TMJ. Boring. Uh, the script <laughs> was not too good. Um, it's very muddled and back and forth. It was very muddled. Um, muddled is a good word. It was very History Channel. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't know too much about J. Edgar, but what I did know about him, they kind of like glossed over what I knew and kind of made him more of a sympathetic uh, person than I like. I had early thought to believe him being. So, I don't know. I thought Leonardo, Leonardo was miscast. That was a big problem. Um, and then the whole makeup thing. Okay. Before we go any further as to the plot and the and the muddling of everything, which I absolutely agree with, I cannot get past the makeup. We need to talk about that first and foremost. I get it. It's hard to do old people makeup. Turn off your fucking phone. Um, excuse me for, by the way, <laughs> thanks for yelling and swearing at me on the podcast. Yelling? I didn't yell at all. Second of all, I don't even have my phone in here. You heard it three rooms over. I know. That's bad. <laughs> I doubt they heard it. I'm sure they did. They did not. Yeah, the makeup. Bad. Don't swear at me. I don't <sighs> like it. I'm sorry. You should be. I did not yell. I was eating a cookie. Perk up. Okay. Okay, well, this is start off swimmingly. Okay, I'll continue to talk about the makeup. <laughs> Boys! I should have been a last band. Okay, so... Onto the makeup. There's still time. <laughs> you would like that, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Not personally, but if it makes you feel good, do it. Okay. <laughs> so, onto the makeup. I was saying that I understand that it's very difficult to do um, older makeup, especially on a young and pretty punum as, as Leo DiCaprio. But, come on. The, 
prosthetics just looked so wrong on his face. And Army Hammer's looked even worse. Yeah, Army Hammer kind of looked like like a cancer-stricken patient or the right. mummy. I mean, they could barely act underneath all of the heavy um, prosthesis. It was really bad. Well, and the fact that um, the script, how it is, had them going back and forth between, you know, the earlier versions and the old creepy makeup versions of their characters didn't do them any service as well. Right, no. Like, usually makeup, stuff like that, they're confined to maybe, like, the first couple scenes or the last couple scenes of the movie, and you're like, okay, but this throughout... There's interweaving of the makeup, and every time it would cut to the weird makeup versions of Hoover or Tolson, his longtime confidant, I was just like, ugh. Even Naomi Watts had some pretty bad old makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that? Don't yell at me over the beeping phone three rooms away. How loud does it have to be for me to hear it all the way in here? You have supersonic hearing. It's true, I do. But yeah, so, I mean, right off the start... That's something that constantly drew me out of the movie, you know, when I was having trouble just keeping, you know, my attention span. It was so long. Like, it was long long. and monotonous and confusingly plotted, scripted-wise, that several times, again, throughout the movie, I had to explain to Chrissy what was going on. Here's the interesting thing about it being so long and monotonous is that at the end, I kind of felt like, that's it? Like, they didn't, you know, really go into after all that. What are you expecting? He died at the end. Were you expecting him to, like, come back as Zombie Hoover or something? That would have been awesome. Communist brains. No, but honestly, I I expected them to have a little bit more of the legacy or, like, what happened, you know, immediately afterward and all that. If there was, like, you know, this big jump for power and if the FBI changed and all that sort of stuff. They spent so much time doing this boring crap of Leo putting on his mother's dress that I thought they would at least, you know, have an epilogue. Well, I think that's the the, the stuff that I cared less about because, I, you know, not many people knew too much about his personal life. Like, he knew about everyone else's personal lives including presidents and presidents' wives, but his own personal life was kind of, you know... Muddled? Muddled, and his sexual life was muddled, and... He didn't like to dance. He didn't like to dance. (laughs) Yeah. Like, several of those things, I was like, okay. And he, like, freaked out, and all of a sudden, he had a stutter when he was explaining to Judy Dench why he didn't like to dance, and then she was like, say what the doctor told you. And he goes and sits in front of the mirror and he's like, I'm a remarkable lad capable of remarkable feats. And he does this whole thing. And I'm like, since when did he have a stuttering problem? Did that happen earlier and I missed it? I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I thought Leo was miscast. You know, I like him as an actor. I kind of wish he would do more non-biopic films. He was great in The Aviator, to be fair. Yeah, that was another one I was like, you know, it's an okay movie, but nothing grand, nothing excellent. Why is he so obsessed with biopic films? Like, when was the last non-biopic film he was in? Hold on. Give give me a second. See? No, I just, I, I'm behind. What was he in last year? He's your favorite actor. Why are you asking me? Because I have the memory of a slug. I can't remember. I don't know. I just remember I'd, I'd like for him to play just like a regular old person and not some... Famous. I just want him to play a regular old person. I don't know. Like like this one, I was just like, uh, uh, why? Why? You know, it's yeah. just... 
Oh, well. No, I agree. Um, and I think that, to be fair, he did the best he could with what he was given. Um, and perhaps he was a little bit miscast. <laughs> perhaps. No, and I'm sa- No, I'm saying that because I have a dichotomous feeling about it. I think that his accent probably, went in and out. Yeah, I feel like he was probably miscast. However, being that this role was kind of thrust upon him, thrust upon him, I feel like he did well with it. Directed like he's Frodo in Lord of the Rings. This cat, this role has been thrust upon you, young Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Do with it as good as you may. As good as you may. <laughs> You're like, I think he did as well as he could for the role that was thrust upon him. But, but I do. Why does that not make sense? <laughs> it totally makes it wasn't sense. Thro- he chose to accept the role, <laughs> obviously. because well, it's a big part. Who wouldn't accept that role? Well, if, if somebody was like, Chrissy, we want you to play Queen Elizabeth, I'd be like, that's going to be a stretch. But okay, and I take it. He's he's one of the you know wealthiest, most powerful actors in Hollywood. He can you know he can take a couple years off and it'll be okay. Dude, it was an opportunity to work with Clint Eastwood. Do you know that he slashed his normal twenty million dollars salary down to two million just so he could do this movie? Oh, out of the goodness of his heart, right? What a good boy for he doing just, that. He just wanted to work with Clint. Well, and Clint's you know kind of on autopilot now. Like the last couple I think movies. So. That he's done like that hereafter movie with Matt Damon. Oh, oh he did that? Yeah. Oh. Invictus, uh, the changeling with Indiana I like changeling. Yeah. But that kind of went forwards and backwards, I think, a little bit too. He's got he's got a certain storytelling motif for sure. Yeah, he's his storytelling motif lately has just been ultra boring and snoozeworthy. So and I love Eastwood. Like he's directed, you know, a couple of my favorite movies of all time. So like what? Um, Unforgiven. I love Unforgiven. You've never seen... Nothing you've seen. (laughs) (laughs) So... Well, that shuts down that conversation. Well, that's... That's usually how that conversation happens. Okay. Like what? This. Haven't seen that. (laughs) This. Nope. Okay. Having lunch with Kim was so refreshing today, by the way, because you were like, this movie, and she was like, I don't know what you're talking about, and I felt better. All right. <laughs> Just wanted to put that out there. So yeah, J. Edgar, um, another Clint Eastwood movie that you'll watch one time, struggle to make it through the whole thing, and then not watch ever again. Right. I would probably watch it again if it were on HBO just for Leo, but that's it. I don't know. Like, I, I still would love to see a J. Edgar movie that was actually, you know, really about what happened with J. Edgar instead of... You know, wasting a bunch of time on his sexual proclivities or... The last big movie just hit me that Leo was in was Inception, and that wasn't any sort of biopic. See? You should do more movies like Inception. I completely agree. There you go. And Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can, that was a biopic. Shh. I don't care. (laughs) Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) Kind of a biopic. Titanic wasn't a biopic. (laughs) It was. No, it wasn't. Titanic was the the bio... (laughs) <laughs> and the pick. <laughs> wow. Not Leo. He was fictional. This blind love that you have for Leo and his this roles that have been thrust <laughs> upon him. I just imagine him at home, like sitting at home. He gets like a, an email about a role that he's being offered. He's like, damn it, another role I have to do. <laughs> I must slash my salary. 
Like, <laughs> even you, you obviously said this, you knew very little about J. Edgar, but you knew that he was a short man. And Leo's definitely not a short man. Well, actually, the funny thing was, is I didn't know that. It started occurring to me when I noticed that he was, like, looking up at a lot of people when he's talking. And I was like, geez, the people they cast in this movie must be really tall because Leo's not a short guy. And then, like, as it kept happening, I said, wait a minute, maybe J. Edgar was short. and He's pretending to be short. And then, sure enough, it was kind of revealed that that's what was happening. Well, he was also a massive dick, and I don't think that they really... They kind of gloss over why and how he's I said a dick. good day. Like the whole fact. Good day. He, in the movie, he goes on this long rant against Martin Luther King Jr. And then like 10 minutes later, he starts talking about Martin Luther King Jr. again. And Chris is like, why does, why does he hate him? <laughs> no, I was like, why does he hate civil rights? And you were like, he just hates Martin Luther King. Well, he was uh, a long, like inferred racist. He was racist. He was fascist. He was, you know, a small, petty man who was obsessed with power, and he is one of the big reasons why, um, you know, privacy and civil liberties were, you know, taken. Like he was, right. he was terrible. He was it's a amazing terrible, that he... terrible person. And I wanted to, I wanted to know more about that instead of the stupid, boring stuff. That but Leo DiCaprio on. doesn't play bad guys, Justin. He only plays protagonists. Well, he's playing a bad guy in the movie coming up next year, what? the Quentin Tarantino movie. He's going to be a bad guy? Yeah. I've never seen him play a bad guy. He's the bad guy, the main bad guy in the new t- Quentin Tarantino movie coming out next year. I'm mentally going over his filmography in my head, and the only thing that he was potentially a bad guy in was Gangs of New York. Oh. Okay. Yeah, definitely a bad guy in this new one. Oh, my God. Get excited. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'd give it probably like a, like a C, C minus... I get a straight up C or C plus. Wow. There you go. Yeah. On to Contagion. Contagion. I love Oh my god. I liked a, a great deal more than Chad Kerr. I agree. I really liked Contagion. I liked it a lot. I'm surprised it didn't do better in the box office. I think it did pretty well. What are you talking about? Really? I don't know anybody who saw it. So that's how you based up your box office numbers. Yes. Because she like- calls all her friends. Did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? Bomb at the box office, guys. All five of the friends I called didn't watch it. Therefore, it will be off the screens in a week. I only know one other person who saw it, and uh, it's actually Natalie. And she was like, oh, I know. I was washing my hands every two seconds after I saw it. Yeah, well, I was kind of fearful of seeing it with Chrissy because she is one of the most OCD persons I know. So. A, it's not OCD. B, it is OCD. No, it's not. Yes. B, I will say that this was actually it couldn't have been more appropriate. Our Stop friend- touching your face. That's how you get. Stop. That's how you. My lips are chapped. That's how you get the virus and die in contagion. Okay. Um, our friend Melanie was coming over to drop something off. And Justin's shaking his head at me like, this isn't relevant, but it totally is. We're watching Contagion, and Kate Winslet has just gotten over telling us how, like, we we touch our, our face, you know, tens of thousand times per day. You know, it's like every, we do it like every five seconds, basically. And how How many times a day? A tens lot. of thousands? <laughs> it was thousands. Tens of thousands? <laughs> Maybe. So you're saying you touch your face like 40,000 times a day? Yes. 
<laughs> I slapped myself. Anyway, so she just got over telling us that, and somebody else um, in the movie was like, stop touching yourself. I kind of fulfill my quota. <laughs> 40,000 times a day, I'm never going to make it up there. <laughs> and um, some, someone else in the in the movie talking to her was like, hey, my wife keeps like dousing everything in Purell. Like, the minute I touch something, she like grabs my hand and Purell's my hand. Don't you think she's taking a little far? Kate Winslet was like, nope. <laughs> and the minute that happened... Um, the door... Well, at that point, a million people have died from the disease, right. so it's like, The doorbell no. goes off, and, um, it's Melanie. And I open it, and she's like, hey. <coughs> and I'm like, hi. And she goes, I'm not gonna hug you because I'm sick, but here are my keys and my garage opener, and she's been touching them, and she hands them to me, and I'm like, thanks. We're watching Contagion right now, so I'm a little bit freaked out. You want some emergency? And she's like, yeah. I hand her some emergency. She hangs out for a few minutes and then she leaves. You throw it at her. Pretty much. And then like the second she left, I Lysol wiped the shit out of her keys, out of her garage opener. I Lysol wiped everything she touched, everything I touched. And then I sat down with a Lysol wipe to watch the rest of the movie. It was a very scary, scary film. Like it's, forget horror movies. This is like the ultimate horror film because... This could happen. Yeah, like legitimately. And if it does... I'm going to die. You're going to die because you touch your face 40,000 times a day. And because I have no immune system whatsoever. It's true. Well, I mean, that was one of the like the main things that stuck out about Contagion to me. Spoiler alert, but if you were a female in the movie Contagion... Prickly, you died. You died. <laughs> I was like, this this virus is so misogynistic. Like, all the guys pretty much survive and all the women die. You're absolutely right. I didn't realize that until you just said it and then I thought about it. And I'm like, yeah. The only girl who makes it is, is Matt Damon's daughter. Yeah. And she she tried her best to, to die. Because she was like, she's wanting to make out with a boyfriend and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And he made it because he's a guy. Like, millions of people are dropping dead, and you want to make out with your boyfriend and have sex. Like, no. Stay in your house. I think Marianne Cotillard made it. No, she didn't. She died. She did? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yep. She was just a major character. I guess yeah, she missed her dying. No, wait a minute. Last I remember of her. Kate Winslet died. No, I Marianne know Cotillard died. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Quinth Patro died. Yeah, well, obviously. The, um, the Latino woman who was friends with Jude Law died. Like, yeah. Everyone they died. They weren't friends. The only one I get, the only kind of major female character that didn't die was Lawrence Fishburne's wife. Was it his wife or ex wife? No, wife, because they were going to have their big reception party. Yeah. Um, well, like she, she got the vaccine. Like, she got beat up. She, she, almost, she almost got... She, she could have died. She could have died. No, but wait a minute. Let's go back and talk about Marianne Coutillard for just a moment. Because, honestly, the last thing I remember is them being in the lobby and that guy was like, yeah, I gave all of those people in that little Asian country some sort of placebo. Ha ha. And then she was like, no. And she got up and she, like, ran it back into the airport to, I assume, to get on a plane and go back and help them. That was the last thing I remember about her. Um, well, I thought the last thing I remember about her was her being dead. <laughs> I might be wrong, but... How did that happen? Well, she got the virus and she died. How did she get the virus? Because she was traveling all over 
I don't know. She got it somehow. How do you know she died? Because I thought they showed her being dead. No? They did? Like where? In Asia? I think she was in Asia. Yeah, she got it. Yeah. And they were like, Marion Cotillard is dead. (laughs) Yes, that's how they announced it. The actor who played this person is dead. (laughs) Oh, no. Poor Marion. Are you looking it up? Yeah. <laughs> Justin's gonna while Justin is looking up to see whether or not Marin Cotillard actually dies in Contagion, since we can't remember. Um What else did you like about the movie? I he, I thought that it was very interesting that that everyone had like a different point of view on this. And it, not and none of them were like of panic. Because let's face it, this is a very scary thing when like seven million people are basically dying over the course of three months. And nobody seemed terribly panicked about it of the main cast. They all had a different viewpoint, but nobody seemed panicked. Isn't that a little strange to you that nobody was like a panicker in this? Because I would be a panicker. I would have a panic house. <laughs> Forget a panic room. I would have my panic house and I would just go and I would just not ever come out. But did you notice that? that I would like- have lots of um, canned fruit and vegetables when it comes to their different perspectives obviously kate winslet was um the most selfless one you know she just wanted to help even if it put herself at risk and obviously it did and even once she was you know on the die she was like i want the names of everybody who serviced my hotel room i want them to know like i want to help when she was dying on the hospital bed in the giant gymnasium she tried offering that guy next to her who was cold her jacket and then she like died so she was the most selfless of the bunch um Lawrence Fishburne, you know, he he had some issues, we shall say. But he tried to do the right thing. He never panicked about it. Marion Cotillard, same thing. She, you know, went to the hotbed of where the virus emanated, Asia, and she, according to you, died. But she didn't ever panic either. Nobody panicked in this movie. Not even Gwyneth Paltrow when she was the first to die. The only person who, like, remotely panicked was Matt Damon. All right, it's inconclusive. She might not have died, but she may have. We'll have to look at it again. <laughs> but Matt Damon was the only one who came even close to panicking because he had a kid to look after. Well, and because his wife and his Step other kid. kid died. How sad is that, by the way? When that little boy died right away, I thought I was going to burst into tears. I was having an emotional day. You were? I was. I came back and I heard. I was like, did the kid die? And you were like, yeah. I'm like, don't let Justin see you cry. <laughs> what? I thought that. I didn't tell you at the time. Well, I mean, watching a movie like this and living in L.A., I was like, I'm in the worst place to be if something like this happened. Actually, I would say New York is the worst place to be because they're so dependent on public transportation. At least here you could get in your car. Yeah, and get on the freeway where everyone else is in their car thinking the same thing. Right. I'm not saying to escape. I'm saying to get anywhere. At least you're not constantly, constantly surrounded by public you know, you can isolate yourself a little bit by being in the car, as opposed to being on a subway or a train or a bus. Okay. Well, I'm talking about L.A. versus, you know. North Carolina? No, I'm thinking like Montana. <laughs> like, in the woods. I'd like woods, to go to Montana, please. <laughs> in the woods where no one can, you know, run up and cough on your face. <laughs> what would you do if I got it? You didn't have it, but I got it. I would... What would I do? Yeah. I would cry. But, like, would you try to get away from me? Would you try to help me? What would you do? 
Um, I would try to help you in one of those hazmat suits that they had in the movie. How would you I would, like, I, would hold, I would hold. I would go to the hazmat suit <laughs> store, <laughs> obviously. And then I'd run away from you. Oh, that's not nice. No, I wouldn't run away from you. I would see you to your last breath. You would know I was dying, though. Huh? You would know I was dying. I'd cough and you'd be like, oh, shit. I know. Stop touching your face. <laughs> Jeez. I'm kind of doing it on purpose now. But yeah, Steven Soderbergh, great movie. Kind of glad I didn't watch it in the theater, surrounded by oh. a bunch of coughing people. Oh, that would have freaked me out. <laughs> this, would be, this would be the ideal movie that you're sitting in the theater and you like look to the side. You ever, we've talked about that before, where you actually look. Stop touching your face. You look. You like look around at people. Everybody's like staring at the screen. And you're like, whoa, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And then they cough in your face. Would you watch it again? Yes, Contagion. I would definitely watch again. I would too. Jagger, not so much. <laughs> Which brings us to our third movie, um, Fright Night. Wait, well, what would you give Contagion? Oh, we never gave J. Edgar a grade. Oh, yes, we did. Yes, we I did. Lied. Um, I give Contagion like an A mice. Me too. Copier. You copier. I actually thought, I, I was hoping it'd be longer. Contagion. Like, J. Edgar, I was like, whoa, this is super long and I'm falling asleep. Contagion, I was like riveted through the whole thing. Just uh, Every time in Contagion, they had like the day and they filled in the number of the day. Uh, I don't know, just that alone, that little title card freaked me out. It reminded me of when I was a kid and I used to, I I don't know if I told you this, but before I met you, I wasn't one of those people who like watched normal TV. I basically watched Discovery Health all day long. And I used to watch this one show called Diagnosis Unknown. And you're not OCD. No, it's not OCD to watch Diagnosis Unknown or Discovery Health Channel. I didn't say that's the reason that you're OCD. I said that's part of your OCD. I'm saying that's not a symptom, like to want to watch and be educated about health. Wouldn't that be great if that was a symptom, like at WebMD? Like, <laughs> Do this, you watch this? Discovery Health more than three hours a day? Yes. And yeah, Diagnosis Unknown was a great freaking show. Um, I've never seen it, but I... Um, it was okay. like, this person went to the hospital, and nobody knew what was wrong with them, and it was like encephalitis, and then six more people in six different cities around the country came in, and an epidemiologist came in, and then they found out that it was all from the juice made by Odwalla that they had sold from Starbucks because the Odwalla company was letting horses shit into the apple supply. <laughs> I'm not getting this was an actual episode. I'm not they said this? this? Uh, they, they said this in an episode? Yes. It was a big deal. Apparently the Odwalla farms were not passing their health inspections. Nobody knew. And so like, like animals were shitting like next to the apple trees. And when the apples would fall, they'd land in the shit. And instead of, like, discarding them, not using them, Odwalla was using the apples that fell on the floor, like, in at the farm, in the shit. And so, and then manufacturing their apple juice out of it, selling them at Starbucks. So it was, like, shit apple juice? Yes. And Gross. a whole, like, I'm talking a lot of people got sick and a few people died. Kids died. That's not fun. Yeah, so this was all in an episode of Diagnosis Unknown, like, the early 2000s. I'm sure Odwalla and Starbucks and everyone loved that episode of... I've never, I you know, I, ever since I saw that, I've never once bought or drank an Odwalla drink or juice. Well, I'm definitely not going to buy... Nor should juice. you. Odwalla, really dirty. Don't buy their stuff. <laughs> this, this episode, <laughs> definitely not sponsored by Odwalla. 
Yeah, and oh yeah, it was a big deal. The victims like wrote to Starbucks, and Starbucks pulled them from their shelves for a while, and it was like a big deal. Man, I See, love that show. Stuff like that will make me become OCD. So it's a great show. I want to watch it again. <laughs> anyway, scary. So on to um, Fright Night. I was surprised by how much I love Fright Night. Really? As someone who loves the original Fright Night, um, I didn't even, you know, take the time to go see it when it was in the theater um, because I was kind of afraid at how bad it might be. Mm-hmm. But I actually liked it. I liked it. Uh, I, and I, I, th- I think I liked it better than the original in every aspect but one specific aspect. So. Which is? Um, in the original, um, the, instead of like the Chris Angel, like vampire guy in the new one, it was, um, an older, uh, gentleman who had like a, uh, one of those, uh, not, not a network, but like, uh, what's the LA station? Like the Los Angeles TV station. KNBC? KABC? That you only see in LA, like the... They have the the TV shows where, like, people are just talking, like, in the random... We don't really have, like, a local L.A., like, like a public access? Yeah, like a public access um, show about scary movies. Anyway, this this guy um, was the host of that public access show about, like, old monsters and stuff. Oh, I did see that. I was just going to say, before I was waiting for you to finish, and I was going to be like, Justin's under the impression that I saw the first one, but I don't think I did, because this all seemed very new to me. And then when you just said that about the public access show, I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's ringing a bell. Yeah. I liked his character in the first one. And in this one, like I said, he's younger. He's like a Chris Angel mind freak guy with a show in Vegas. And, you know, I I, I was kind of weirded out when they started talking about doing this new one and having it be in Vegas. Because I thought the whole small town aspect of the first one was kind of what made it good. Uh Uh-huh. But I guess they kind of worked in the way that they they based it in like this suburb enclave, like off yeah, like Henderson or something. way off the strip, as he calls it. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the strip, guys. Totally on the strip. Um, but yeah, I, I I liked it. I thought it was really good. I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Why? Uh, well, when you put in a movie called Fright Night, and at the time I couldn't remember anything about the original. I was like, oh, great, another gory Halloween movie. I thought Halloween was over. And then, like, it turned out to be a vampire movie, and I was genuinely surprised. Yeah, well, for the first 15 minutes, when everyone's talking about <laughs> the main character, Colin, played by Colin Farrell, <laughs> being a vampire, and, like, he's a vampire, he's doing all this stuff, he's killing people, and then, not until, I guess, he actually showed his vampire teeth, was like, Wow, he really is a vampire. <laughs> and you're like, what did you think he is? I'm like, I just thought he was a murderer. Like, like the kids are like calling him a vampire. And I'm like, he's just a murderer. And this is, again, after I, I know 100% that you watched the first Fright Night with me, like, I don't know, a year or two ago. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> I really don't. Well, maybe you not you don't know, like, specifically what happened throughout the entire movie. But you knew that it was a movie about a, a vampire that moves in next to No, I didn't. Wow. Clearly. We obviously need to send you to a memory doctor because <laughs> something is going wrong. You're quickly becoming the character from the notebook a lot earlier than... <laughs> than she did? Than she did. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
again, that's a, a real big reason why I'm glad to have this podcast because, again, you can't remember anything a couple episodes ago from a movie we watched. I will say I've listened once in a while to our old episodes, and I feel like I'm listening and watching for the first time. Wow, that's scary. Yeah. Well, it's like I have a temporary cache in my brain, mm-hmm. and it's a very small cache. So I fill it, I remember long enough to do this podcast, and then I expel what's in the cache so I could fill it with something different. It's like a recycle bin up here, where you place it in the recycle bin, and then after a while, it goes recycle bin is full, and then you have to empty it. I don't know. It sounds like a whole episode of 60 Minutes. (laughs) One woman's struggle to remember last week (laughs) and the week before that. I feel like it's more like... Before it's gone. It's more like Diagnosis Unknown, and they'll be like, did you drink any apple juice recently? And I'll be like, no. They're like, we have to get an epidemiologist in here to find out how many times you've touched your face today. How many times? Well, that's like, you watched that Odwalla episode. How like how long ago was that? Like eight, nine years. Okay. We watched Fright Night. Or not even Fright Night. We watched something like a month ago and you've already forgotten it. Because so. the things I really like stick with me. Okay. I have to really like something. Stop touching your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not going to hang out with you if you keep touching your face, because if there's a deadly virus that comes, you're going to be, like, dead so quick. I worked with kids for so long. I think I'm kind of used to it. Well, you don't work with kids anymore, and that has nothing to do with you touching your face right now, so stop using it as an excuse. I'm totally going to kiss you now that I've been touching my face. So, Friday night. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this one's based in Vegas. Um, Which is perfect because, as they say in the movie, it's a transient population. Most people work at night and sleep during the day. It's like perfect pickings for bad things to happen. Uh, I like the kid uh, that plays Charlie Brewster. Um, Is that his name in the original? Yep. Oh, okay. And um, I think he did well. I think Colin Farrell was really, really good as the Jerry the Vampire. (laughs) Yeah, right? No vampire is named Jerry. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and yes, he did a great job as the bad guy. Were you affected by his um, overwhelming machismo and charm? No, because um, I didn't find him to be terribly charming. I found him to be creepy. In fact, I said to you in the beginning, I was like, don't like talk to him. Don't listen. Look how creepy he is. Don't invite him in. Don't You don't even have to, if you don't think people are going to believe you that he's a vampire, don't say it. Just be like, this guy's a murderer. I saw him take my friend down the street, the stripper, and now she's disappeared. Coincidence? No. Yeah, she like exploded right in front of my face, guys. Come on. Yeah, I mean, like, you don't even have to get, I'm sorry, I touched my face. You don't even have to get into the nitty gritty of like, why you think he's a vampire and you know, all that. Truly, if you're afraid people won't believe you, just say he's a murderer. Well, here's the thing. I I grew up with a largely single mom, um, so I was kind of like, even as a kid, like the man in the family. Right. If, if 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 a vampire like Jerry the Vampire moved in next to us, as soon as I found out that he was a vampire, <laughs> I would instantly relay that to my mother. Of course. In a hundred percent, I'd be a hundred percent clear what I was saying, how important it was that we go on a, you know... Extended vacation. Extended vacation and never come back. That's not what happens in this movie. Like, and it's not even like he tells his mom and his mom doesn't believe him. He just doesn't tell his mom that anything for a while. Right, And you're just like, dude, tell your mom. Like, she could just walk over there because she was horny and you never see her again. That's true. But I guess that just served... 
What would you do if you told your mom that and your mom was like, Justin, you read too much. Stop making up stories. He's not a vampire. Like, what would you do? I would say, Mom, he's Jerry the Vampire. (laughs) He will eat you. Then she's like, no vampire's named Jerry. I'm going to go over there right now and offer him some sweet tea. (laughs) Friday night tea with my mom. I would watch that. (laughs) Oh, no. But what would you do if, like, she really didn't believe you? Because that's a big possibility when we're talking about vampires living next door. Um, well, again, I would make sure that she did believe me. And if um, she didn't. Because she was like, Justin, I think you're working overtime. Well, again, A, we would go on a long vacation where we need to come back. Or if that didn't work out, I would just have to figure out a way to um, kill Jerry the Vampire. <laughs> Uh, and it would be um when just get him arrested somehow get him arrested somehow yeah frame him or invite a very small child over to his place and then call the cops immediately and be like this man invited a really small child to his place and he's doing creepy things with him even though nothing creepy has really happened that yet. sounds very dangerous because no, you think the kid is a decoy well, what if the police were very slow on getting to the house? <laughs> then that little kid would get killed and it'd be oh, all no. my fault. That's true. <laughs> no, what I would do was I would go to the cops, say, hey, this guy is killing people. He's a vampire. If you don't believe me, let's all go over there together and we can snuff him out. And that's what that's what I would do. I wouldn't say – I wouldn't call like – you know, like call the police and just hope that they come over and bust him or look at the window while they're like having a fun chat on the, on his front doorstep. I would say, you have to go with me. We have to go in his house and see his freaky vampire. And if they were like, son, we're not going into a house without a warrant. Who do you think you are? I'd be like, I am Encyclopedia Brown, boy boy detective. (laughs) I was like, my mom wants to get, make him sweet tea and get killed. You love my mom. She's a nice southern lady. Don't let that happen. They were like, you read too many stories. Or you got to get like a gang of people like the Lost Boys and then just go execute them that way. That's what he was trying to do. Well, he didn't try to do that to the end and he didn't even get a gang. He had him and his girlfriend. Not Charlie. I'm talking about Colin Farrell. He was like basically trying to put together a tribe of Lost Boys. Oh, okay. I'm talking about me. I know. What I would do. Right. Stop touching your face. I was hoping you wouldn't notice that time. What, what? Say it was your mom. What would you do? My mom, I think, is really apt to believe me. And so I don't know if I would necessarily bring in the vampire thing right away. I would tell her, because my mom is also really overly... You, you, you would uh, just be like, he tried to touch me in my bathing suit area. No, she, well, she, my mom was really overly <laughs> worried anyway. She was always like, don't answer the door for anybody. I don't care if it, the guy is dressed like a policeman. Get his badge number and call 911 and verify it before you ever answer a door. You will never, you know, she's like that. You know what she so, should have done? What? Or he should have done? He should have sent over some... Odwalla shit apple juice to Jerry the Vampire. <laughs> yeah, that would have gone And away. then he would have died from no. from that. Um, yeah, no, so I basically tell my mom, Mom, the guy who lives next door to us isn't just like, oh, creepy, he's creeping me out. He, I think, is like killing people because classmates are missing. Our neighbor down the block, I saw her with my own eyes go into his house. She never came out and she's missing now. Um, never answered the door for him. We are never home. Don't ever tell him where I am. I will never tell him where you are. He's dead to us. And she'd be like, okay. 
She'd be very, yeah, she'd be like, okay, let's in- install an alarm. Let's do a whole thing. Well, I don't think I could continue living there knowing that he was a vampire living next door. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think I, I could. I could never go out at night, you know? Because then I'd have to obviously come home at night and be worried that he would... Snatch you? Snatch me. I think I'd be okay with it. You would? <laughs> I would never, like, be out of the house, like... So you die really quick in this film, too. <laughs> no! Contagion, touching yourself, <laughs> touching your face 40,000 times a day, you would die really quickly. No, I'm saying... Jerry the Vampire would definitely <laughs> snuff you out because you have no problem, uh, apparently, walking home at night. No, I would never walk. I drive everywhere. So I would just drive my car straight into the garage and then, like, go inside the house from the garage. Does the garage count... As part of your house? I would think so. Do you have to invite him into the garage? I would think so. I didn't see him, like, getting it on in the garage while he was there. Getting it on in the garage? <laughs> you know what I mean. Jerry the Vampire, <laughs> are you having sex in my garage again? <laughs> How dare you? Quick, call the cops. I didn't invite you. <laughs> and I didn't invite that hooker. Oh. Hey, that hooker totally wanted to do it with him. <laughs> well, that's her job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And then she exploded. <laughs> Poor hooker. Poor hooker. Exploded all over your face. Get a VD on your face again. Wow, that sounds way dirtier than I think you meant it. Well, that was very surprising in the movie. I didn't know that was going to happen. So, so what do you give Fright Night? What would I give Fright Night? Um, I give it like a solid B B minus. Yeah, I'm in the B minus C plus range. Like the whole um, Chris Angel mind freak guy. I was just like, eh, you know. Right. What do you think of him? Yeah, yeah I could kind of done with that, that whole subplot, to be honest with you. Really? And that's what I'm saying. In the original, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie, was the was the old guy and his inclusion, because he was very, you know. He was like Christopher Lloyd. He was like Christopher Lloyd? Yeah. He was? <laughs> From what I remember. No? Doc! <laughs> Marty, we have to go back to the future. There's vampires here and exploding hookers. Stop touching your face, Marty. <laughs> no, not in this incarnation, in the old version. You know what? A back to the future with vampires involved would have been amazing. Like, I never want them to reboot back to the future, but if they have to, if vampires are somehow involved, that would be great. Um, (laughs) so yeah, so we went to Vegas this past week, guys. Oh, we did. And it was fun. Um, we learned something this week, I think. We're not 21 anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even when I was 21, I I still felt like the old 21 guy. Oh, really? No, I mean, Vegas is a, it's the the city that never sleeps. It's fun for two days, and then you want to go home. Oh, I can't imagine, like, people going there for a week. I would never survive. Yeah, well, I would be either killed by a vampire. (laughs) You can only go there for a week if, A, you have a shitload of money. Yes. You can, like, stay in a nice place and gamble and take taxis so you can drink whatever. Like, that, that's when it's fun. And if you have an exceedingly large group of people. So, like, you could siphon off into smaller groups or, you know, if you get bored, you can go in with someone else. Like, 
that that's when it works for longer than two days when you have a large group and a lot of money. True. But if you have a small group or it's just two of you and it's you know you don't have a buttload of money, then yeah, smaller, shorter trip is definitely in order. Well, I think that's the main problem with myself is I'm not a big gambler. I don't really enjoy gambling, right? Because as I'm gambling, and we're not talking about like penny slots or nickel slots or something. I'm talking like, you know, $15, a hand blackjack or poker right, or what. Right. Every hand I lose or chip that I lose, I'm like, oh, there's lunch. For, yeah, you're thinking about how else you could have spent that. There's one lunch. You yeah. Know? No, I know. And then, well, that's the thing with gambling, too. And then you're like, do I put in more money to try to make it back or, or what? I will say this. The people that I noticed winning were betting a lot more money. So that way, when they got down, they didn't. They weren't automatically out. They were just down, and they could keep playing to try to get back up. You and I were playing with such small denominations that we were out pretty soon, not just down. So like, well, we'd have point. to put in more money to get up again. The point are the odds are heavily against you. Oh yeah, of course. So heavily against you that if you're a realist and a practical person, it just doesn't make sense. Again, unless you have a lot of money to spend. Yeah. To gamble. Like, the only times I really like to gamble is, you know, if I'm at, like, stupid black video blackjack machines and I'm just drinking and having fun with friends. Or if I'm there, like, during March Madness or NFL playoffs where I'm betting on, you know, football games. Something with skill. The same skill. There's, But there's you're, you're definitely more apt to win doing that than playing, you know, blackjack or poker because the odds are more in your favor um, for something like that. I will say that there was a Wizard of Oz game that I was greatly enjoying. And then I got like $23 up on it and I'd only put in five. And I was like, oh, I'm doing really well. And then Kim came by and was like, let's go back to the room. And I was like, let's not. Because I was up and I lost it like that. I, I immediately, like after I was like so happy that I got up, I put in another five and then I completely lost five minutes later. <laughs> And the, another problem, which, you know, the guy that we went with just totally contrasted with how I gamble. Yeah. He could just drop, you know, 600 bucks in 10 minutes on the table and just be like, okay, that's over with. Yeah. While if that happened to me, I would just, it would I'd just. so crushed. I would be ruined for the next, you know, month. Oh, I know, right? He handled it really well. He was just like, oh, you know, go big or go home. And I was like, are you serious? I, oh my gosh. I was, yeah. I, I felt the pain for him. Another thing we have I haven't been to Vegas in a couple of years now, but I think in the last couple of years the there's been a large proliferation of hookers in Vegas. There seem to be a lot of hookers. It's like a contagion like infestation of hookers. Well, I think that it actually it like there was a furlough of hookers. Like there were hookers for a long time in Vegas, then there was a furlough in like the early 2000s to mid 2000s and now they're back the big boom of hookers there was a great explosion of hookers <laughs> and now they're just trying to deal with it no they were they were there then they were gone and now they're back <laughs> yeah so you can't even walk anywhere without being um accosted by either hookers or the people or, tapping the cards or those weird, weird people with the cards or whatever with what's with the cards by the way why can't they just like hold it out like handing it to whoever wants one as they walk by why do they have to go and like tap them constantly. I don't know. Is it an, is it an attention getter? I, I I assume that's the only reason they could be doing that. Girls, girls. They, they don't even say girls. Usually, they just tap it and like put it in front of you. Yeah. Like there's 
if you have money and you're a 40-year-old virgin, there's no easier place to go than no Vegas. Joke. My favorite part was watching how, like, if because it was uh, you and me and Kim and uh, Nopsy, and we were walking down the, the boulevard, and Kim and I, if we were in front, like, you know, they're doing the tap, 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 take the car and thing to everybody, and when they would see us... They would, like, retract the card a little bit, almost like, oh, you're not going to take a card. And since those boys seem to be with you, they're not going to take a card. But I know for a fact that as soon as kids and my bodies were past the person, they were trying to, like, shove the card at you and, and Nobsy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of gross. Like, hey, you want one now that she's not looking? Hey, look at this card. See this girl? This is definitely not the girl that you have sex with. <laughs> She'll be much older and crustier than this one. I thought it was just, like, for strip clubs, to be honest with you. Is it for hookers, those cards? Yeah. For real? Yeah, because on the card it has a picture of a chick half naked yeah. and a number. All right. I assume to tell you where the strip club is, where those girls so are. So you can call the strip club and say, hey, I'm coming. <laughs> we'll find out, like, where the shows are. Like, if you could have a laugh dance with that specific girl. You don't make an appointment? Appointment. Hi, my name's Justin. I have a 7 o'clock ap- appointment for a really slutty lap dance. Seriously? Did you not, did you not get my call? <laughs> oh, I did it online. You didn't get that either? Oh, okay. Well, can I have one? <laughs> for free? Because you fucked it up. <laughs> Wait a second. What? For real, though? Like, those cards aren't to, like, make appointments with hot girls? Um, most of them. I mean, I'm sure there are people that, that advertise the strip clubs, but... You're talking about the people with those cards. Yeah, that say girls, girls, girls. Yeah, it has a a girl and a number, and that's right. like escorts. Yeah. Are you like, man? I wish I would have grabbed the cards. No, but I'm- you can collect them like playing cards. <laughs> but um, no, but that makes me like really surprised, and that that one guy with his girlfriend took took a card and she wasn't looking. Um, so, yeah, so that happened. Um, what else happened? Oh, something really big happened for Chrissy while she was in Vegas. How old are you, Chrissy? Huh? 28 years old. And for the very first time in Vegas uh, this past week, she played beer pong for the very first time. I did. At 28. I'm not terrible at it. Well, I wasn't saying that you were terrible at it. I just thought it was funny that you'd never played before. Perhaps, but, you know, I didn't belong to a sorority, nor did I really know frat guys when I was younger, and I went to a commuter college, so. But you were also, but you were young, and you liked to drink a lot, so. <laughs> That's not, not, you were young, and you liked to drink a lot. Well, I, I know some other drinking games that you played, so it's a common drinking game. Yeah, that but we didn't play. drink beer. We theater people drank, like, wine and sake and vodka. Sometimes rum. <sighs> Saki Saki Pong would be fun. Oh my god, we should play Saki Pong. We'd get shit faced really fast though. It'd have to be like an abridged version. Saki Pong. Saki Pong. Okay, so we watched two Vegas movies before we went to Vegas that Chrissy had never seen. One was Swingers, and two was Indecent Proposal with Demi Moore and Woody Harrelson. Off the bat, I will tell you, I liked Indecent Proposal more than Swingers. Really? I did. I am so on the opposite side of that. Oh, I know you are. I love Swingers. Indecent Proposal, I thought, was a snooze. Really? So snooze-worthy that I think I fell asleep. I actually really like the movie. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you exactly why I don't like it. Okay. It's It's got a great idea for the movie. The execution 
kind of makes me fall asleep just like J. Edgar. I'm like it, It's so boring that the, the, the way that they carry it out, it's almost like a um, really expensive Lifetime movie. Like, when you, when you hear about it, the plot is, you know, married couple go to Vegas, they lose big, and um, one, big. one guy offers, you know, Woody Harrelson a night with his wife for a million dollars. Yeah. That's a great start for a movie. Right. But the, the, then you watch the movie and you're like, this is perhaps the most boring way they could have made this movie. How could they have made it more exciting for you? The story could have been totally different. You just said the story was a good premise. Um, no, the idea of the movie is good. The premise of the movie is good, but how it's carried out after the first 15 minutes is just like, ugh. Was it, was it too talky for you? Didn't need more sex? Um, sure. More talking, more sex. That would have been great. Oh, you want more talking. I said, was it too talky for you? I just thought it was boring. Like, what did you like about it? Well, first of all, I like the premise straight off the bat, like you said. Okay. Um, I don't feel like they failed as much in the execution as you did, though, because... You saw that they were a tight-knit couple, and then when this whole thing happens, there's the, the, the big pivotal thing is jealousy, you know? And they say, like, in Milano, jealousy will drive you mad. And that's exactly what happens to Woody Harrelson's character. His character just completely unravels. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting the way they did it, because at first it seemed like he was going to be fine, like he was going to be able to move on. And then, like a little firecracker, he just kind of went off. And I really enjoyed Robert Redford's character because he didn't just come in and swoop down on Debbie Moore like, I've been waiting in the wings like a vampire. (laughs) Jerry the vampire. (laughs) Right? He could have, but he didn't. If Robert Redford, (laughs) he'd be a great vampire. But he just kind of like came in. Our dog is itching. He just kind of came in and was just like, hey, here I am. Okay. And I'm awesome. Okay, well, point blank, I'll ask you. So if we're in Vegas and we lost a bunch of money and this really hot woman in her 50s came up and said, I will give you one. No, it'd have to be inflated. I will give you $5 million for a night with your husband. What would you say? I would ask her if she had any diseases. I would ask her if she'd be willing to submit to a medical test. Uh Uh-huh. And if you were okay with it, I would say yes. Okay. Same question. In reverse. Go. No. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm surprised. Wait, yes, you would or like, yes, no? No. No deal. I'm surprised. Deal or no deal? No deal. And why would you say no? Because it's not worth the money. Like, no, I wouldn't. You're so sweet. Well, you know, money could buy lots of things, but it can't buy, uh, you know, the conscience of myself after letting that happen and <laughs> i wouldn't be all that broken up about it you wouldn't in what you having sex with the old guy you wouldn't be broken up i about wouldn't know i wouldn't like to do it at all but no nah, it's not just, but it, at the end it honestly made me, it made me feel icky and then oh, yeah. the ickiness would never leave so really? yeah i feel like the ickiness would leave after a while and after you saw that like your parents were taken care of and my parents were taken care of and that big burden that we both share has been lifted and like we could actually afford to live a little bit and not just work pay and live paycheck to paycheck if i could do like the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind thing and like wipe it from my brain afterwards maybe but no see and i feel like i could if this were reversed i could yeesh i wouldn't love it you're a dirty dirty person no i'm thinking for you if the old woman wanted you i just see i wouldn't want to do it with the old woman i wouldn't want you to but i would be willing 
to like take one for the team so that our families could be okay and that like we could live so you're like having okay. sex with this old guy and you're like thinking about your family <laughs> oh my family's go oh yeah yeah, no. But can I just tell you that women have a long history of doing what they have to do if it means good, better, a better life for their family. I wouldn't do it. If it were just, you know what, let me rephrase that. If it were just like, you know, Demi Moore and Woody Harrison, where it seemed to be just them, they didn't have, like, family that we knew of, uh-huh. then I wouldn't do it. Because it's just us. Like, we're fine on our own. We can work it out. No, it, With our particular situations and our families, mm-hmm. I would because of that. Gross. You're gross. I'm not gross. <laughs> it's gross. It's like Sophie's Choice. You haven't seen Sophie's <laughs> Choice. You don't even know what that means. Yes, I do. She has big choice. Why do you like swingers really quick? I did not like swingers. I liked it. This is baby a lot. They said baby. Baby, baby. She's a baby, baby. Baby, 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 baby. That was Vince Vaughn. That was his... Baby. His, uh... You're so money, baby. <laughs> um, I-, I love swingers, and um, when I was in college... We used to do power hours. Obviously, you know, guys drinking and stuff. Yeah. You know what a power hour is. Of course. And for one whole summer, every time we did a power hour, we would do it with the first hour of swingers. Nice. So, so that's probably why I've seen it so many times. That's probably true. And I do. I didn't not like the movie. I did. I thought it was funny. It was interesting. Um, it was one of those movies I saw before coming out to L.A. And I kind of thought that that was what L.A. was like. Oh, God. I thought it was well written. Uh-huh. Um, it's just, you know, it wasn't... It, it's very dated. It's a very 90s movie. True. It is very dated. Um, I really... It, it's like... I liked the whole first third, I, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Kind of lost me, like, right in the middle. And then I liked the end when it was all the swing dancing and stuff. Got it. It okay. was like a mediocre sandwich. So I would give Swingers, like, a B plus in Decent Proposal, like, a C minus D plus. I'm surprised that you're giving... Isn't Swingers, like, your favorite movie? A while ago, you used to say it was your favorite movie. Huh? I gave it a B plus. I didn't know. I've never said it was my favorite movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I like it a lot. You, what are your favorite movies? It only gets a B plus. Contagion was rated higher by you. <laughs> I don't think Contagion is one of your like, favorite movies. I, I didn't even want to give grades at the very start of this thing. So. Oh come on. Yeah. I just think that's weird. Your grading system is faulty. <sighs> what What am I supposed to say? Touching my face. A plus. I give swingers an A plus. I'm just gonna give every movie an A plus, even though I hate it. How about that? Justin, what do you give Titanic? A plus. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Stop touching your face. I'm not touching right now. Justin, stop touching your face. Stop hitting yourself. Why are you hitting yourself? Forty thousand times. I'm <laughs> gonna make up. So what did you give the movies? Go hurry up. Go. Oh, the last one. Um, last two. Go. Oh, indecent proposal. I'll give that one a B. And I will give Swingers a B minus. Awesome. Well, now that we've run over long, we apologize, number one. Ever long. We also have been very all over the... Ping, 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 shiny. We'll go back to just two movies next time. Hopefully it won't be as scatterbrained. Yes. But the end result of this whole debacle is that you should probably see Contagion. Definitely see Contagion. Um, Friday night is, you know, it's a great movie to watch late night with your... With your significant other, it's pretty good. Yeah. J. Edgar, not. Watch it for Leo. Oh, he's bad. Just watch it for Leo. All right. Well, till next time. Follow we, us on Twitter in the meantime. Follow us on Twitter, Justin Winters or Chris Winters. 
Um, we're on so I married a movie on Facebook. If you don't like us, you're dead to us. Exactly. What the hell, guys? Yeah, like us already. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a good? That was an indecent proposal right there. I will give you one million dollars if you have <laughs> sex with us on Facebook. And when I say have sex, I mean like us. <laughs> You're a naughty boy, Justin. I'm naughty. Yes. You're dirty. I'm not dirty. You would have sex with some random old crusty dude. <sighs> to save our families. That wouldn't save our family. It would tear our families apart. How would you explain it? All that money. Would you tell them the truth? I would tell our moms the truth. Oh my gosh. My mom would not take that one. She probably would not. <laughs> But she'd be like, women have to do what they have to do sometimes. I did the same thing, except I just married them, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, on that note, I'm going to walk away. <laughs> Thanks for playing, guys. Oh